Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We want the source. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guide, Barb Hardly. And when I'm in boy drag, I'm a senior reporter producer for Decider.com named Brett White. And say hello to the Betty, to my Betty, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Barb. Hello. Uh, in my day job, I sell drugs. Anyway, <laughs> to doctor. You're on the corner. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to start off by, Ethan, you telling me how beautiful I am. I think you are absolutely gorgeous. You are, it's go- not gorgeous, oh. glamorous. It oh, is glamorous. beyond that. Beautiful. We are, we are thematically appropriate light years beyond gorgeous. Yeah, I, I want, I'm dressed like the regal queen of a weird garbage planet <laughs> who hoards <laughs> all the money for herself so she can buy statement jewelry. That is Make the plot of food. that is the plot of gentlemen prefer blondes. Oh wow. I haven't no, seen it I in mean, a couple years. I might be wrong, but it's close. I mean, I'm just gonna keep looking at the window because I I look really beautiful tonight. <laughs> so you went all out. I saw I went you all out. makeup earlier. Uh, yes. on, your, on your live stream and i'm honestly proud of my make oh now we're just talking that's why you got to go to the youtube and watch the video so you can see what we're talking about <laughs> i encourage everyone to listen oh, to the God. podcast if that's the way you listen to podcasts but the video portion you, there's a whole component a to whole, this. a whole other a whole other sensory <laughs> and i mean if i just start talking like this during the podcast because that's how i feel that's how you you caught your, a glimpse of yourself in the window. Oh, and like, let's tweak well, the character a little bit. Ethan, when was the last time you felt pretty? Right now, actually. Oh, um, good. Yeah, my I'm I'm for some reason nice I'm, hair. my hair out. Yeah, my hair's yeah. grown out a little bit, and I've shaved, so I'm feeling good about that. And like, I don't know, it looks good today. I'm wearing a a grave face t shirt, which is uh, <laughs> has Mothman on it. Yes, and you're the one who dresses up in you know in something classy. I dress up in just what I normally look like, but to, which makes you look much more put together than oh. me. Oh, thank you. No, I mean, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm here, you know, we're, we're a podcast about sitcoms, but we're also, I guess, a self-help podcast <laughs> because <laughs> you, being in drag and being this beautiful, honestly, like there are no problems in the world. I look it at myself and I, I, I'm so pretty anyway. Um, well, do Everyone, you want to thank, do you want to thank everybody who joined us on our live stream? Yes. 
that's what I was about to do. Yes. Oh, we got to script these things. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, thank everybody who uh, tuned into the live stream, which is still on the YouTube channel. If you, but it's under like, you got to go like click on like the live tab or something. It's not just in the carousel of videos or something. I don't know, but it was yeah. fun. We got together on the 31st of December, uh, right? A couple hours before the year changed. And we we invited anyone who wanted to join. I think at most we had six or we had seven or eight people. Which uh, honestly, you know, I'm expecting big fat zero at all times. Uh, you got to keep the expectations low. I was really happy that with, with what, we, what we did and everyone got to got a chance to ask some questions. And we answered some questions about what we're doing for the new year. But mm -hmm. we are still sticking with the decade by decade format. So our last show was 1960s with yes. Family Affair. Um, and we are moving to the 1970s, uh, an era <laughs> where neither one of us was born. However, uh, well, Barb, I, I don't, I don't want to ask your your birthday. Uh, Call the 70s. I mean, well, you know, my first my debut sitcom actually started the 1978 season, so oh, I was born go. in about 1950 or so, I would say. Very, um, or not to, or 1984, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what conversation we're having with who. Uh, well, I, I, so I, I'll start off our what are you watching segment by saying, yeah. I'm watching Hogan's Heroes, bitch. What? I watched the first disc and then I moved to F Troop. Um, Ethan? It's a military theme, at least. It is. Uh, starring handsome men that I had crushes on as children and still do today. Bob Crane and Kim Barry. Um, Hogan's Heroes might be good. Wait, what? Hogan's Heroes might be good. Hey. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it is wild. Every now and then during an episode, you have to remind yourself, of, no, that funny character is a Nazi. Um, they, you know, but I just like watching it. Um, oh. Hogan and Newkirk, who are Bob Crane and Richard Dawson, are just, I mean, A, they're the parts that I would love to play, were uh, an actor. They're just, I love they're, the characters. I, I love scoundrels. I love, like, rascally scoundrels. Um, so I would, I love that. But then I, they're also so sexy, so handsome. So that is also uh, a factor in it. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it, I mean, like, it's, it's imaginative. Was Greg Kinnear a good casting choice yes. for Bob Crane? Okay. Yes, I because I, mean, I, I haven't seen the show. Yes, because I also had a crush on Greg Kinnear at the time. So it was like this tracks. Oh, Luis no. Guzman as Gomez. No. No, I love Luis Guzman as Gomez. It was it's a travesty and one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. He has no zest. He has no energy. It's awful. I I I, I hate it. I love him in everything he does. He's good in everything else. And I think he could have been a good Gomez if he was directed differently. Uh, that's I think that was probably my number one concern with the show is that, you know, you could you could have done something that kind of transcended the the medium a little bit. And it really kind of just kind of dug itself into the CW teen oh God. show. And it is every trope. The, yeah, Wednesday is every trope. <laughs> it is every CW high yeah. school. It's. It is chilling adventures of Sabrina diet is diet diet Sabrina. But anyway, um, Hogan's heroes is good. We will be doing it probably on the next go round of the sixties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
What about you? What have I been watching? Well, we had uh, we both my job and Megan's job were off in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we got back on the 28th from visiting family and uh, we didn't we, we made it a point not to do that much. I think we went out to dinner once. Um, so we did spend a lot of time just watching television. Uh, we haven't watched a ton of it yet, but the second season of Leverage Redemption mm. is up. But the one that we did spend the time watching was Interview with a Vampire. With oh, the horny vampires. Horny, horny vampires. <laughs> uh, domestic uh, strife vampires. But I had seen the the movie and I had read a couple of the books. And this was the first time Megan had been introduced to the Anne Rice vampire mythos. Uh, We were both really on board with it. Um, Makes me miss New Orleans quite a bit. I love visiting New Orleans. Um, They didn't talk enough about beignets for my taste. Um, But they do mention gumbo, which is, you know, something I love. But it's, it's, it's interesting to the point where, like, A, I wish it was maybe four episodes longer oh wow um, that's like, a real really, thing yeah but because it was like it was like six seven episodes it was a very short season so and the other thing is now we're really jonesing for the next season um because hmm. it, it really takes kind of the second half of the tom cruise brad pitt movie hmm. which doesn't have uh tom cruise in it and kind of it's them going to paris um so I'm, I don't know. It's just rediscovering something that I was more into in college. Um, Cause I, that's the, probably the last time I read consistent fiction books was uh-huh. uh, not including comic books. So that it does hold this little place in my heart. And uh, it was just, it's just a, a neat show. Good. Nice. Natural. Fucking. <clears throat> Will I ever get to see it? Probably not. Cause I'm not assigned to cover it. Uh, oh, last <laughs> you know what we are covering <laughs> uh this week we're traveling to february 24th 1978 coming home rolled the box office staying alive by the bgs topped the charts and nbc aired the quark episode may the source be with you ethan you must have seen may the source be with you before today I don't believe anybody who's listening to this podcast saw quark when it came out if if i'm wrong please send something send send us a an instagram message or a youtube comment because this one really came about because i i was looking at the cast list for mork and mindy ah. and I, i've seen conrad janice and a bunch of stuff who played uh mindy's dad yes that's and, okay yes and i ended up looking at his imdb list of all his credits and he has this quark thing with richard benjamin now i'm like richard benjamin i remember him from westworld and um Love at oh. first bite. And also The Last of Sheila, which is the movie that Ryan Johnson inspired Ryan Johnson to do Glass Onion, which I also watched over the Christmas vacation. So uh, that was fun. I just saw that that Greek island is up for sale for $450 million. Work. And the house is that house. Yeah, it's that's wild. Right. That is wild. It's crazy. So uh, so I saw this, this quirk, and it was, at the time, it was streaming on Tubi. And we almost did it two seventies ago, mm. um, but we had, we ended up not. So in the in the intervening time, it has gone off of Tubi and it is now streaming on YouTube. So Quark, 
a a very very short lived sitcom that is has a great pedigree. Yes, but it did not it did not survive. <laughs> uh, so I mean, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Quark episode. May the source be with you. It's the first episode of season one after a TV movie pilot that aired like six or like no, like a year earlier. Yeah, the first right before. Aired- it may aired in May 1977 mm-hmm. before, and the, the show wasn't picked up in, but it was supposed to the whole, like the whole concept is it's a funny version of star Trek. Mm-hmm. But if you recall 1977 in the summer what happened, then <laughs> a, a little show, a little movie called star Wars came along. Oh. So wow. star Trek and star Wars crashed into each other and had this goofy little baby that uh, ended up as a, a mid-season replacement for NBC in, in uh, February of 1978. Yes. So this episode does incorporate a lot of that star, a whole bunch of that Star Wars stuff <laughs> while living kind of in, in a Star Trek shell. Um, <laughs> so this is essentially like a series premiere, if you happen to miss that TV movie. Um, it was written by Steve Zacharias and directed by Ha Averback. Here's how Wikipedia describes the episode. Perma-1 in a state of emergency as the Gorgons have created the ultimate weapon to defeat the United Galaxy. Per- whatever. Palindrome gives Quark the secret weapon, the source, voiced by Hans Conried. Uh, Quark must believe completely in the source in order to defeat the Gorgons. The episode parodies elements from Star Wars and 1930s sci-fi serials Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. The episode title parodies the phrase May the Force Be With You from Star Wars. Ethan, how accurate is that description? <laughs> it's very accurate. I mean, you could have proper nouns in there. You could have been reading off Pokemon names for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you don't need them proper nouns, Wikipedia editors. So, fun facts about some of those names that you mentioned. Uh, Steve Zacharias was responsible for the Revenge of the Nerds franchise. Oh, okay, that explains and, some and some also fun wrote humor. <laughs> and also wrote in the Army Now uh, with well, Polly Shore. I do like in the Army Now. So does my I dad. Saw, the, saw that in the theater with along jury duty. If Polly Shore was in a movie, I was going to be seeing it in the theater. My dad was a huge fan, so he watched Biodome. He watched it Jury Duty in the Army Now, um, Encino Man. Mm-hmm. So big fan. Um, it was directed by High Averback, um, who did a lot of TV, but he also directed a movie that I enjoy called uh, I Love You, Alice B. Toklas. Hmm. Peter Sellers, where oh. Peter Sellers is a very stuffy British dude, and he meets a young free-spirited hippie who gives him uh, a marijuana brownie, and he totally changes his entire life. It's a very strange movie, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. yeah. So, so uh, I'm trying to like, I'll couch this whole thing in saying that like when I was, so I first watched Star Wars in Christmas Eve going from 1990 into 1991. Hmm. And uh, because my parents had gone away, uh, they gone to like the Rose Bowl or they gone to Orange Bowl. They went to whatever bowl, college bowl game happens on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And they left me with my sister's boyfriend. Uh, my sister's 12 years older than me, so he was an adult. And he showed me Star Wars on, I guess, like the first night of the weekend. And I lost my mind. And then he showed me Empire Strikes Back, I guess, the next night. Um, or it might have been both of them back to back. 
and then Empire Strikes Back ends the way Empire Strikes Back ends. And so we then went to the Video Depot in Hendersonville, Tennessee to look for Return of the Jedi, which had been checked out. It was not there. And he instead got Battlestar Galactica, to which I was like, I'm not having none of this. <laughs> Fuck no. this. Where is, I need to find out, is Darth Vader his dad? Um, I'm sorry. I, I can't eat the Hydrox. I must eat Oreos. Yes, I'm an Oreo baby. Um, but little, little be notes to myself. My parents had, in fact, recorded Return of the Jedi off of HBO at some point in the past, and it was sitting in our entertainment center. <laughs> um, and, and then I watched I watched Return at some point. Uh, but all that to say, kids, uh, children, 1986 to about 1994 is the only dead zone of Star Wars in the history of the planet Earth since it happened. And I, so I had like a good three to four years with Star Wars where I was the only person I knew that knew what Star Wars was. And I had to rely on getting old toys from The Great Escape and reading the hand-me-downs because uh, my sister's boyfriend gave me all of his Marvel Star Wars comics. Ooh. So I have those still. <laughs> Even um, in bad condition, those are worth some money. I Yes. They're one of those things that if I see them for like a couple bucks, I'll snatch them up, even though I might not even read them, but they are like their choice books. So like, because I was so starved for Star Wars, anything that was remotely resembling Star Wars, like uh, there was a Journey to the Center of the Earth TV movie that came out in the early 90s that I was obsessed with the one time I got to watch it. There was um, Space Above and Beyond. Mm. which was a Fox TV show that was created by, uh, I think, Darren and Glenn Morgan from X-Files. And I was obsessed with that, and it went away really quickly. Like, <laughs> so so a thing like like Space Cases on Nickelodeon, created by, I think, Peter David and Bill Mummy, Bill Mooney, uh, obsessed with all this stuff. So this would have been up my alley had I been, you know... Oh, completely. Oh, completely. Um, <laughs> the... Uh... I will give my Star Wars story. My parents, I want to say this was 1983, maybe 1984, probably close to 1983. I think they had just had my sister, my younger sister. And we went to visit one of their friends who was house sitting for somebody else. Hmm. But it was a very big, fancy house. And I was this little four-year-old, three, four-year-old kid. I didn't really have anything to do with the adults. And they're like, what do we do with the kid? And they went into, they went into, they opened a closet and there was a box of vintage Star Wars figures. Well, and that time they are just six years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, this is who Darth Vader is. This ah. is who Princess Leia is. So I just got to, you know, three-year-old kid playing with toys. And that was my first uh, entry into Star Wars. I inherited my sister's. I still have right over there. I got her Luke, her 3PO, and her R2-D2. I also had her Darth Vader for a little while, but Darth Vader's figure gave me a nightmare. And so my parents took him to the dump. This is what they said. The dump. Um, and And then I found out what Star Wars was. And I was like, can we go to the dump and find that Darth Vader figure? And didn't have. Um, I had an IG-88 figure that I left at Jacobsburg State Park oh, in no. Pennsylvania. And I, it's gone. And then years and years later, we I went to um, Star Wars Celebration. And I for like six bucks, I picked up a little loose IG-88 figure. And I had it somewhere I should put them up 
as a little diorama of oh, yeah. all the, the bounty hunters. But I mean, uh, that's my Star Wars cabinet right there. So fancy. Hello, Vanna Watton over here. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so Quark opens up and it is a very Star Trek-y theme song. I noted that. Disco and Star Trek. It's very That's disco the- Star Trek. And, <laughs> and it runs through the cast, and immediately I knew we were gonna have a problem because one of the characters is <laughs> lists him as like gene slash gene male spelling slash female spelling or whatever. And I was like, oh god, 1978 is not gonna handle this well. <laughs> And it didn't. No. You were right. It didn't handle it well. Didn't at um, all. Gene Gene uh, was played by Tim Thomerson. Um, he was at the time a stand-up comic. Um, okay. He had, and he had just started doing a lot of B movies through the rest of his career. He he was like the king of handsome dude in bad horror films. That was his. He was, as long as he was happy with that. That's all yeah. I he wanted. was very happy. He was in the movie Doll Man. Huh? which is uh, kind of like a very short person, uh, like Ken-sized superhero. Ooh. And uh, I'm just looking at his resume. He was in Brat Patrol with for Disney that starred Sean Astin and Brian Keith from Family. Oh, nice. All these connections. It all comes back. So he's he's still around. Uh, but yeah, they didn't. I don't think they, the whole, the whole gimmick was that Gene has male and female chromosomes which a complete uh, set of male and female chromosomes. Uh, I don't know science. Is it so essentially it, it's almost it's like if he's hit on the head, he just switches gen, uh, uh, gender performance essentially. Like that's yes, but really he just looks gay. <laughs> like when he's like, yeah. he's kind of just like playing like a, 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 a gay man, very he's feminine. acting like a woman, very erudite and whatever but i don't i don't think that's his voice i think they dub his voice yeah 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 weird yeah it's not like they do um uh, luckily that didn't happen that often i think it happened maybe like twice, twice in this in the 46 minute episode so um <laughs> yeah. yeah and i I'll, love that i am uh, i will comment on this while as barb hartley <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing it respectfully the, uh the rest of the episode it was very influenced by star wars there yeah, were scenes everyone. that were cut out of Star Wars. But we so can go get the whole thing. The episode it. opens, and now this is not like a normal sitcom. First of all, it is twice as long. But second of all, it is th- plot, 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 plot. It is a lot of plot and a lot of jokes. And so my notes will be airing more towards plot because that's usually when I'm taking notes. I usually am writing down plot stuff. And since there isn't much in normal sitcoms, I have time to write down jokes and like things I notice. But this was like, okay, there's a lot. There are a lot of characters. So it opens up and everyone is in a rush because Perma, what is it? Perma 1? Perma 1, that's the name of the ship. It is... It's basically Yavin 4. Like, it's like, oh my god, this, basically the Gorgon's spaceship, which is a Death Star, is like popping off. (laughs) It's on its way. (laughs) The Gorgons are analogs of the Klingons. The head Gorgon is played by Henry Silva with a very big Darth Vader style. Who looks like Chevy Chase. Henry looks like... Uh, who looks like like um, made out of leather and mahogany Chevy Chase. Like, he looks like (laughs) <laughs> weathered you know sitting in a bar in the 70s with the smoke coming at him chevy chase you smell you know he smells like cedar and like scotch yes 
but not like a drunk scotch, just a classy thing. Henry Silva actually passed away last year. Hmm. He was around during kind of like the big um, uh, movies to TV uh, changeover. He was in The Manchurian Candidate. He was in Ocean's Eleven, the original. Um, he was in Dick Tracy, uh, if you remember oh, that. Uh, he was Influence, one of my favorite characters, because it's Henry Silva's face looks like it's like a tiki mask. Yes. And then they, added, they added a whole bunch of additional angles to it uh, for Dick Tracy. But he um, he just passed away last year. Hmm. Um, age of, I think, 90? Okay, good. You know, living long. And Conrad Janis, uh, who plays uh, Palindrome and Mindy's dad, also passed away last year, so... Yeah, it was a, it was a lot. It was too much. Uh, Did Buck Henry <laughs> last year? The who? Buck Henry. Uh, we're very recent, like probably yeah. last year. Yeah, I yeah. And so this show was also kind of like created by Buck Henry. It had, very much has his voice. I have I have like an affection for Buck Henry. Uh, maybe to the idea of him. I don't know. <laughs> he, Ten time SNL host. Yeah, he's a he's a short king. He's a writer. He's very well dressed. Uh, if you look at photos of him from the 70s like the vibe is correct that is how i want to dress when i'm not just drop dead gorgeous um yeah so i mean i i respect him his humor is all over this he was definitely head right and head right in this episode i think yeah I, I don't think any of the jokes really go for anything ambitious but uh they're all they're cute jokes yeah it's that really like puns and like really like rat a tat a tat a tat a tat kind of like rhythm of it um we get a message so in order to find out what's happening with perma one the uh, they get a message from the head which is a big giant head and now i'm like did third rock from the sun rip off big giant head probably I, oh, actually that's a really funny reference because we never actually see the big giant head but it is incoming message from the big giant head which is a fun reference to this which it yeah. might be which is the character is uh a head uh with a with the the body blacked out so probably probably threw a black sheet over the the actor and then they they uh a huge huge light bulb style prosthesis uh, with gigantic eyebrows to to mask mm -hmm. all the uh, the seams, and that is the head of the galaxy, the good the good guy galaxy, the head. He's the president of like the United Galaxy of America, or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, and so basically, like, well, Quark, you're gonna go, you know, fuck up this Gorgon ship. And he did write, he wrote, yeah, what am I gonna do? Ram it with my souped up garbage ship? And I was like, oh, that's funny. It's like Millennium Falcon, but there's like, no, he actually is in charge of the garbage <laughs> like that's actually his job <laughs> he was not being funny there <laughs> yeah um that's that that's his whole thing he's he's paranoid that he's he has no weapons to fight henry silva in this giant uh death star which is also the shape of like darth vader's head it's like uh, a red darth vader head yeah um, so, they, so they're like well we're going to give you the greatest weapon of all and bitch it is the source the source and the source is when they give it to him, it's kind of a silver sphere, which is kind of like a cooking dish. Um, yeah, and it's and in a dark room. Haven't used it in 200 years. What is the source? Um, Don't use it to wash your portholes. I wrote that down. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird joke. 
uh, it's a sailing kind of joke. Mm. Um, so they open it up. They they get the whole cast there together. So you've got um, Jean Jean. You've got these characters called the Bettys, mm-hmm. where there are two blonde women. Your Suzanne Summersy, your Farrah Fawcett-y, like that's the vibe. They're twins, pr- played by Patricia Barnstable and Sib Barnstable. Oh, they're uh, played by twins. They're played by tw- okay. twins. Uh, Patricia's notable for being Miss Kentucky at one point, and the two of them were Doublemint twins for the <gasps> uh, Doublemint ads. Oh, well, and, you know, of all the time and uh, that is what on Drag Race season 15, there is a set of twins called Sugar and Spice and they're TikTok stars and they're like as big as my pinkies. This is them right there. Uh-huh. And they are, uh, you know, they're exactly what you think. They're they're modeled after Brad's dolls. But one of the queens <laughs> keeps calling them the double mint twins. I think it's Malaysia, baby doll, baby doll, baby doll, Fox keeps calling them the double mint twins. <laughs> I'm like, I I know that n- no one under 30 understands this reference, but I'm living for it every time she says it. So. It's a, if you don't know what they are, they were an advertising campaign for double mint gum where double mint had wintergreen and spearmint mint in their yeah. gum. And they double kept... the flavor, double the fun, something. Yeah. That double was, mint was... gum. And the the whole ad campaign was twins, including the Barnstable sisters. Anyway, they talk at the same time. One is supposed to be the clone of the other. They keep arguing back and forth which one is the clone. Anyway, uh, the other characters uh, who are here for this are Andy, who is a robot. Who is the best character of the show? I I don't know if he has the the must-see performance, but he's every time he's there, he's fun. He talks like this. He's very nervous. So it's a very C-3PO kind of attitude. Um, And Ficus, who's kind of the Spock character. Yeah, he's the Spock, and he's a plant, but he's a person. He's just like a dude, but he's also a plant. Yeah, he just he, he just constantly commenting on, oh, humans do this thing. Well, plants yeah. do this thing. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the actor passed away like right after the show stopped. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Okay. He was very young. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the very first, so like they get the source, like, cool, we're going to pop off, we're going to go and, uh, you know, confront the Gorgon, um, who was not the X-Men's Gorgon, because there's an X-Men villain named Gorgon, uh, and there's also an Inhuman named Gorgon. Gorgon is a popular thing. Um, well, it's, from, it's from Greek mythology. Mythology, baby. It's so public domain. You don't yes, have to pay for it. We are Winnie the Poohin over here. <laughs> um, yes. I am wearing a red shirt and no pants. Hell yeah. Uh, so they have an argument. Ficus and uh, Quark have an argument about like, can plants feel the pain of love? Yes, because, you know, the pain of love endears you to love, but then, you know, blah, like it's a, it's a logic. It's a spot Kirk logic thing. Yeah. It's, it's just a little bit of throwaway character gaming. Yeah. It's like, you know, a couple bars of a drum solo. You're like, Oh, okay. Okay. That was that. Cool. We're going to see that a couple more times. This episode. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I, I did like, so the, so Gar- Gorgon, they want to blow up Sparta and they get close to this planet named Sparta. And they're like, 
we're going to blow you up. And they're like, please, no, you're not. And then they're like, yes, we have a, you know, we're going to. And then I like, there was like a beat. And then the voice from Sparta is like, just give us a minute to move our things out of the palace. Because <laughs> they see how big this, the Death Star. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is. yeah. Because they're like, oh, there's like a weird red planet out there. Like, that's, that's us. Let's give us a minute to move things out of the palace. I like that. I like that one. I wrote that one down. Um, I said Andy is a robot, cheap as hell. He's like a robot with made of boxes. Yeah, he looks kind of like the lost in space robot if I made him. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and also Gene wants to kill everybody. Um Gene is very yeah. about killing Gorgons. That's 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 his motivation for every scene. I want to kill people. I want to kill Gorgons. It's weird. Like, so he has, he has a scene up at like the deck of the ship or whatever. And then he like goes through the slide because in order to get from the top deck to the like command center, the do like a little like McDonald's play place slide. And when he gets out the other side, he's a, he's acting, he is acting like a woman, like his mannerisms and the voice they've dubbed over him is a woman. Um, and I mean, they could have done about it. They yeah, I don't done. know. I mean, it's a it's a very that's the thing about a lot of these characters is that they're good jokes for a sketch, for one SNL sketch. You can get some jokes out of like the smart aleck plant, the clones who like are not sure who or like trying to convince that they're the first one or whatever. Um a whole series you need to start layering because this that gets sweaty. Those are not good premises for, and then, for and that's longevity. This, this one layers the plot on so much that it, it's a 46 minute long mini movie. It's it's Star Wars, Star Trek. It's more like the Orville where there is yes. plot yeah. and development and characters with jokes thrown in the way that people actually talk. Yeah. And I think so, that it. <clears throat> That's what the what quark is. It's plots number one. You're actually concerned about, you know, where are they going to be able to get out of this thing or the the other thing? The jokes just kind of like fall into place. Yeah. So like then the source starts talking because they need to be using the source and quarks like, I don't what is the source? They're like, the source is a voice that is talking to him, which. Oh, so this this brings me to my other larger point about. Star Wars parodies in Star Wars parodies before Empire Strikes Back came out are wild. And and you also see this in the Star Tra- Star Wars expanded universe stuff that was made between 77 and 80 because if you just look at Star Wars alone, it is a space fantasy and it has all the archetypes and mm-hmm. you could easily from there jump off into like, here's a talking rabbit on a planet. And here's, you know, a, a space pirate who doesn't wear pants and has a red, big red beard named Redbeard. Like you could, you could go from there. It's Empire Strikes Back that comes along and cements, no, Star Wars is this kind of space fantasy. From the yeah. first one, they could go in any direction. Empire is the one that pulls them. This is the direction we go in. It, you know, it is a little bit more grounded. It It is... It is more um, emotional, less logical. It doesn't like, you know, it's that vibe. And so things like this and a lot of the jokes in this are like, oh, yeah, this because they didn't know what Star Wars was yet because Star Wars hadn't revealed itself to them yet. Yeah, just like the sword. I mean, it's you're you're a thousand percent correct is that this was the Wild West. Well, what are you going to steal? Steal something visually. So. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're going to get the Death Star kind of thing. You're going to get the the, the hat, the Darth Vader style hat for the, the head Gorgon. Yeah. Going to get, um, later on, there's a scene that 1000% mirrors um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi shutting down the power in the Death Star, um, there's the there's a creature in the garbage, uh, much like oh Star- right yeah, it's pulling like, elements from it. Visual- this is very visual. much this is very much like if you're watching Star Wars for the first time, maybe half paying attention when Luke is in the trench run and the voice is Obi Wan's voice is talking to him like, "Use the Force, Luke." I feel like because yeah. like this is essentially like well, the Force the Force is just like it's a voice, right? Yeah, I, I thought Star Wars it was a voice, you know, like. <laughs> And yeah. so that is kind of the vo- the the vibe of the source. This entire thing, because the only thing he really ever says is just like, "Trust me." Yeah, it's the character of the voice is played by Hans Conrad, um, who Disney fans will remember was the voice of Captain Hook. Okay, which is why a later scene, and we'll get to it, where the the oh, um, there's a whole right, yes, Peter Pan parallel a little later down the road. Um, but he was also, um, he was Thorin Oakenshield in the Hobbit cartoon. And he was uh, do- the the piano teacher in 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T, which if you've, if you've never seen it, it is the only movie, uh, live action movie, I think, that uh, Dr. Seuss had a hand in. So it is in a very visually stunning um, fantasy film. And he was also the rest of all in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Oh wow! Well, there you go. What an actor! So he talks like this quite a bit. <laughs> so uh, they they do some of the like they kind of they parody the the training drone scene on the Falcon with he gets a ball bearing and the he blocks. It's a thing. I mean, the source the source says, "I will protect you. Uh, you just have to trust in me." And and then the source says, "Tell your friends to shoot you with their guns." And I will protect you. So, of course, they do that. And he doesn't believe in the source. So he gets zapped a whole bunch of times by his friends who are shooting him with guns mm-hmm. um, later. And then he says he starts believing and he was he's able to block all the the negative scratches, which are the the lasers. <laughs> yeah, you know, good times. <laughs> well, so then they get boarded, correct? Like they get really close yeah. to the ship and they're like, we're going to go. And then they get boarded. And this mirrors when they uh in star wars when they get to the death star and they they tell 
Andy's the robot, right? Yep, yes. Andy's the robot. They tell Andy, like, you stay here, just like they did with 3PO. And then the, the guards come in, and Andy says, I am in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so then he gets, like, bullied around by the guards. And then they, like, well, we're, they pick him up. And I don't know why... <laughs> They pick him up and start like, I guess like to capture him. And the robot just says, ask me if I'm happy. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, I love that. They do the thing where, they, where they're like, um, who's in charge here? And the robot's like, I am the one in charge. And they're like, if you're in charge, shut down the power. And he's like, okay. So he just kind of like walks over to the, the, the controls and just kind of puts his hands there a bunch. And so he doesn't know anything. And that, that's what gives him away. Um, but as they do that, they're everybody else. <laughs> oh, and as they're, as they're carting him away, he says, I've heard a lot of good things about you. <laughs> the Gorgons, which I like. Um, but they, they, they board and while they're boarding, Gene just beats beats him up. Yeah, yeah. Is, we got we got some action. Uh, well, and so also, so then, um, Gorgon. Wait, what's the head Gorgon's name? Head His Gorgon? name's Head Gorgon. Head, yeah. Gorgon. head Gorgon's like I feel the source. The source is here. Um, but then, like he says, oh, like it was like, oh, it's like no, it, it's dangerous to them. Like it's it's a weird like switcheroo, like. He's like, oh no, I feel the source here, so that's good for me, or something. I don't know. I didn't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> it's no one can control the source. They can. They they hope that they can get the source for themselves. Uh, for themselves. It, yeah, it's the the source is is the big thing. The source can do anything. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, which you 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 have this. What is it? Uh. What is it? It's Deus Ex Machina, where yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it comes in and can solve any problem at any time. But we've we've got a couple scenes of the crew walking around the head Gorgon ship. Yeah, and we get see some of their character games. Um, Gene gets lost in an elevator. The Betty is arguing about like I'm the real one. No, I'm the clone. No, you're the clone. Like yeah, yeah. I guess um, just keeps uh getting in arguments with Quark, the plant yeah. guy, and the captain. Kind of just get into these verbal sparring. <laughs> and arguments. I need and I need to make sure we reiterate this. He ain't Groot. We say the plant guy, but he's just a dude. He's a he dude. Look, he I'm trying to think of who he looks like. I mean, he's just a dude. He's just like a tall, like kind of like blonde, short, curly-ish hair. Dude. He looks like Ben Murphy. Yeah, from, like just... uh, from uh Riding with Death, the Mystery Science Theater episode. <laughs> so yeah, so he's a plant, but he isn't. I don't know. Uh yeah. The only difference is at one point everybody's sweating and he's not. Yes. <laughs> um. So, but like, at some point, Adam or Quark is like, "Girls, go like radio back to that." So that's what their mission is like: go radio back to the good guys and tell them to not attack or something. Yeah, yeah that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. So that's their mission. They're very sad that Quark is going to be going off alone because, of course, both of them want to jump his bones because they're the ladies. That's what they're there for. Yeah, they're there for all the episodes of the show, too. All eight episodes of the oh, show. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I'm trying to even like, so oh, Quark, this is the power center scene. Yeah. Quark and Ficus uh, have to go um, turn off the power. It is set up almost exactly like the power core in the Death Star in Star mm -hmm. Wars. 
except uh, surrounding the power core is kind of the swampy area that has a monster in it. Guy in a big suit splashing around in there. He's just down there looking up like, ah! Yeah, so you, you have the trash compactor scene mixed up with the uh, the power. Uh, I, I forget what it's called. Uh, I'm a bad Star Wars fan. Um, so Quark has to go turn this off. While he's doing this, he's being shot at. And one of the the lasers hits him in the eye, and he is blinded. Yeah, that's the. They get into an argument. He gets into an argument with the source because he forgot the UTE bomb, and the source is like, "I told you to get it," and he's like, "No, you didn't. I didn't bring it." And they're just bickering back and forth, and then he gets blinded. So that's yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, we cut back to Perma One, which has been evacuated. But so like it keeps cutting back to these scenes on Perma One with Palindrome Conrad Bain. That's his name, right? Yeah. yeah. And the head, the big giant head that isn't the big giant head. Conrad Jen. Sorry. Car- yes, Conrad, Conrad Jen. Yes. Um <laughs> and so yeah, there's just all these scenes of them arguing, or there's a lot of arguing. Yeah. Number one rule of improv, don't argue. Don't argue. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um when people are arguing and one of the per- the people loses the argument, they start to flatter the other person a whole yeah. lot. I, yeah, I think that, that happens a couple times. It's just like the, well, you know, you've always been my favorite kind of like that. It, it's, it feels very hokey. Yeah. Like, some of the jokes are good and some of the, the situations are kind of funny, but it, it is kind of that like old Borscht belt shtick kind of. Yeah. Like, it's not. Old, yeah. It's it's an older way of of doing comedy, which, you know, had its time and place. It's not it's not what we find funny necessarily today. No, it is. Uh, it's beneath. It is beneath a woman such as I. <laughs> <laughs> I only like the finest of comedies. The uh, Citizens Brigade. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so like Quark is Quark crossing the plank. The source is trying to guide him. He almost falls off. They're bickering, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a torture scene with the droid that I liked because it was the droid. They're gonna kill the droid. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know what the jokes were because again, the plot is so much that I was not writing down about jokes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I know it's, it's just kind of like okay. Um, yeah, so the, they're they're torturing is- Ficus. Ficus is coming at him with philosophy. Uh, Quark is blind. Quark shows up, and then he tries to. He keeps saying, he keeps telling them to do things that they're already visibly doing. And he keeps like, Ficus, take them down. I am, sir. I know that. I know that. Yeah, like, put your hands up. And they're like, but our hands are up. Because he can't see anything. Um, Blind jokes. A hate polarity. Then the Ficus is like, well, I can make the UTE bomb. Uh, At this point, I wrote so much plot. Um, Now, (laughs) so this leads up another funny thing. While they while he's like making the bomb, a bunch of guards come and the robot like charges at them. Yep. And then for the rest of the episode, he's like, Do you remember that time I fought a whole bunch of guards? Do you remember that time I bought I fought 400 guards? Do you remember (laughs) the number keeps going up and it's great. Remember when I fought 12 guards? Do you remember when I fought 57 guards? And like the way that he talks and like the way that he keeps interjecting it at the worst moments when he should be helping is really funny and that's good. <laughs> so they, to get um, 
Quark's sight back, they have to rely on the source. The source is with them all the time. It's a voice that just shows up. Um, so they, the, the source says, I can restore your sight if you believe in me, but right now I don't feel like anyone believes in me, so I can't do it. So they pull a page right out of Peter Pan, Peter Pan, right? Where it's the clap for fairies clap. If you believe in fairies and they say, um, we want the source. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the phrase just, we, you need to say, we want the source. We want the source. And the the whole crowd of the heroes, we want the source. And that works just like Tinkerbell. Yay. Quark's eyesight is back. There was Uh, another joke that I I liked. Um, So we cut back to the twins who are waiting in line for the payphone, essentially. Right. And like, and there's like a huge line now is formed behind them while they're waiting to get this. They're on hold. Yeah. Put on hold. And one of like one of the people behind them is like, wait, are you sure? you two don't know each other and one of the tw- one of betty one says no oh, no we just met when we got here and then betty two says see si, es la verdad <laughs> <laughs> which is yes it is the truth like i was like oh that's funny like that was unexpected they also did something uh where they needed to distract the 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 people in line so they weren't as upset that they were that they were holding up the line being on hold and one of the betty's says Oh, my shoe is untied. And the she, heel on my boot is loose. Something like that. And she bends over and they do the, the like the Mel Brooks thing where everybody in the line leans over to the right to, to watch her bend over. And then they oh. all applaud. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, this is where we see the other Captain Hook reference with uh, the head Gorgon sna- like plucks in a mace. Yeah. Into his into his wrist. Yeah, because his 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 arm is detachable. Um, he goes on board Quark ship. Are they on Quark ship? Wait, sorry. Um, there's so much plot in this. Yeah, there's I think that they're still minutes. on the thing. They're still on the Gorgon. Yeah, that's right. They're still on the Gorgon ship. Yeah. Um, and Henry Silva, as the the head Gorgon, does replace his hand with a big, good looking prop mace. Mm-hmm. I must say that was like. Had a good really texture. fine mace. They did good with that. And there's a, a, a fight where Quark fights the the head Gorgon. There's a really cool intro, like that I did not exp- I did not see coming in a show like this. But like the head Gorgon gets into the battle by uh, all of our heroes have all been reunited, right? And Gene mm. Gene has been in a fight or something, and Quark is like running over to like get him. And then, like, as he's walking backwards from, like, the top left corner of the TV screen, the mace just, like, sl- swings down and, like, crushes a table or something. And then all of a sudden, he's in the, in the shot. And I was like, oh, that was really... A- yeah. Because no, on a show like this, you would expect, like, the door would open and he would step through, like, I have a mace now. We shall duel. <laughs> but having him, like, <laughs> leap out like that, I was like, oh, there's, like, peril here. That was fun. This is, I would say it's kind of on par with original series Star Trek. Yeah. Definitely not the Star Wars caliber, but it is. No. It's Few very things are, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so they fight for a while, but they uh, they had planted the UTE bomb. So they only had a couple minutes to get out of the ship. Head Gorgon swings the mace and it sticks into a wall. This is classic. Mm-hmm. Sticks into the wall. Quark runs and the ship blows up the ship blows up 
and then they're on it but then all of a sudden the gorgon sends them a message because like actually i got on my escape ship yeah in the 30 seconds that it that it you know it it took you to get back to the ship um and cork just seems kind of like oh huh like he doesn't he's just kind of inconvenienced by it he doesn't really seem now they are obviously setting up a return of head gorgon at some point but as the show only lasted eight episodes, Henry Silva did not come back. Uh, no. Oh, my goodness. It was a mid-season replacement, and those are, you know, We'll goodbye. never know. We will never know what the head Gorgon, what horrors he could have wrought. So the, <laughs> Sorry, the episode... I just, I, just, I, I just caught myself. I know, it's and... a... oh. <laughs> oh, the head Gorgon. He was terrifying. Good. My, 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 my betrothed gorgon man okay i'm sorry (laughs) uh Uh, then they're back at perma one and palindrome is like i never lost faith in you quark i didn't try to undermine you while you were gone it's all good the head then says we are going to promote you to a commander Mm -hmm. out of garbage baby which is no it it was it was he was he was going to be promoted to uh, uh, an actual position. He doesn't have to be in, in charge of the, the garbage anymore. It's what he's wanted. And then, but then he says, oh, sorry, Quark, your crew has to stay here. You're being promoted. They're not being promoted from the garbage ship. And he says, I would rather stick with my crew than get this promotion. So I'll stay the captain of this garbage ship. And then disco music. The head's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that's that. Well, no, then like then he's like, wait, no, you're supposed to. No one's, no one believes me. They're supposed to. He's supposed to say no. Then everyone can come along with me. What the hell? Which I thought was a kind of funny, yeah, thing. Like he was bluffing, and the head like called his bluff, maybe without even knowing it. And then he spins like. Then he like leaves. He walks down the hallway. He goes the wrong way. He's just like muttering like, no, he's supposed to say this, and I'm supposed to say that, and then then that's it. It's. I know it's hard to listen to a podcast where two people try to remember the details of a television show, but I gotta (laughs) say that like, and I we usually do better than this, but this was actually a lot of plot. Yeah. And this this was I think the only double episode that they did. Everything else, including the pilot, was twenty five minutes. This one was forty six. Um, and there was also. and a lot so of characters. many characters and yeah like they were they were going for it baby it's a sitcom it's still a sitcom but it's it, there was a laugh track and everything it was a, a lot more situation than comedy quite a bit of <laughs> um oh goodness are you ready for some must have facts that i forgot to, i didn't so i forgot to look up what the ratings were for this debut which honestly i'm very interested to know and i totally forgot well, at the same time, it only lasted eight episodes, so they couldn't have been fantastic. Despite so, the fact that this show was nominated for a uh, primetime Emmy, Emmy, or like special effects or makeup or something, costumes. Okay, yeah, I was like, this, uh, these performances aren't getting Emmy nominations. <laughs> uh, not, not at that time. Um, and so the NBC Friday Night lineup that this aired as part of is interesting. So it was an hour long Quark Friday night kicking it off on NBC with Quark. And then we got a two hour Rockford Files episode. (laughs) Why was it two hours? Because it was the episode that introduces Richie Brockelman, Private Eye. Two hours. Um, And then Richie Brockelman, Private Eye spinoff then becomes the Quark, Richie Brockelman, 
and then that gets canceled after five episodes and uh and Rockford files comes back so <laughs> what is it was a special night mid-season at, at nbc and it all didn't last long it just sounds like they were really desperate nbc was at that point. yes and one of the newspapers that i saw uh literally had it had a big feature on quark um because it was debuting that night and so it was talking about you know how it had debuted in 1977 how richard benjamin was like up for a movie role and when he did the pilot and he was like well i don't i guess i'm not gonna do that movie role because this show might get picked up and then that didn't happen <laughs> um and so then it eventually came back uh but one of the like uh subheads like one of the like of sec was called desperate for comedy oh nbc desperate for comedy so yes they were <laughs> yeah so yeah and they they only had this comedy for eight seven episodes yes that much comedy there was okay comedy i thought it was i would say that this was better than family affair and i know we're going to get a whole bunch of people complaining about that because family Affair actually has a lot of fans yeah, um, yeah no yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the dead child episode of Family Affair is worse than this. Yes. Now we can watch a funnier episode. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a challenge. Family Affair fans, tell us what episode to do. Gauntlet dropped. We will come back to it. But we do. if you do recall, the dead child episode of Family Affair rated like 8.6 on yeah, I. That's a good one to you guys. The but I'm calling you out right now. What is the best? What is the funniest episode of Family Affair? Tell us and then we'll watch it. And maybe we'll eat our words. But I bet you're actually going to be eating our words with your ears. That's the science of podcasts. <laughs> ah. uh, so what are you watching uh you're very excited because you remember that cork tv movie that came out a while ago and you're very hungry for some more star wars-esque uh stuff because this is back in the day when if you want to see a movie it had to be at the theater period end story yeah so that's wild um on abc we've got an episode of the new adventures of wonder woman a deranged scientist has developed the means to ravage Earth with artificially induced volcanic eruptions and may use his power unless Wonder Woman can stop him. On CBS is a Barry Manilow special. On this fun-filled special, Barry intersperses some of his greatest, uh, greatest hosts, greatest hosts, some of his greatest guests with bits of comic craziness. Guest star Ray Charles. And on NBC, Quark. This summary. The High Gorgon is angry when Commander Adam Cork's spaceship penetrates the Gorgon's own vast planet-sized craft, but he stops worrying when he learns that Cork has the infallible source on his side, stars Richard Benjamin Tom Tim Thomerson. Way to, like, just, from the very first three words, be like, eh, nope, not watching this. The no. High Gorgon. Did I did I need to do did I need to do readings before this? Yeah, like this is lore. Mind you, this is as far as people who weren't watching NBC in May of '77 are concerned, the series premiere of a new show. Um. So, like, you know what though? If I was Star Wars Ethan, like the uh, the way I was in like 1986, 1988, um, I would probably be watching Quark. And this is this is coming from a person that when I was in elementary school, loved Star Wars so much that I heard that the middle school band 
elementary school Ethan middle school band was playing the Star Wars theme in their in their holiday concert. And I begged my mom to take me <laughs> to the middle school band holiday concert <laughs> just to hear star the theme from Star Wars, which they did not play. Because it is famously and not a Christmas song. <laughs> uh, well, there's a holiday special and also Christmas in the stars. Um, R2D2, we wish you a Merry Christmas. What you Fun f- and if people don't know, in 1980, uh, there was a Star Wars Christmas album made, literally Christmas in the stars. And where it was recorded was at a um, like recording studio in Jersey, who's who the owner of it had a nephew that was like, well, can I just like work as a janitor at your re- recording studio? And he was like, yes, my nephew, John Bongiovi, come on over and work as a janitor. Uh, actually, we need someone to sing this song about wishing R2D to a Merry Christmas. And there, there it is. John Bongiovi's debut performance. R2D2, wish you a Merry Christmas. John Bongiovi asleep in the hay. Yeah, and I do not know. If I was John Bon Jovi, I would be capitalizing on that every Christmas. I would be Mariah carrying it. I would be singing R2-D2 Wish You Merry I would be begging Lucasfilm to put me in a Lego thing. Like, why he isn't coast? He sang a good Star Wars Christmas carol. Do you know the other, the other 80s rock star that's super associated with Star Wars is? Isn't Rick it- Springfield. Why is that? Because he has one of the largest private collections oh, right. of Star Wars figures and toys in the country. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. Just like he did an episode of one of those, like, what do you collect? Random celebrity. And he's like, oh, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on Star Wars toys. He's like, here's some prototypes. Here's a, you know, rocket firing Boba Fett. Does he? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. serious. He's serious. So and that's just like, yeah, this is just what I like to collect. Yeah. And considering that I just went on that tirade, I do think that I would be watching Quark this night. Uh, you know, I mean, I can skip a Wonder Woman episode. I'd be like, I'll see you next week, Linda. Um, I'm going to go see what this is about. It was a tough choice. I'm just imagining that I had just seen a couple months ago Star Wars probably six times. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like Star Wars. And they probably, I now I have not seen any advertising for it, but I'm guessing they probably played up a lot of the Star Wars kind of things. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, they did. I, yeah. I, I'm the kid who lost his mind when Muppet Babies did their takeoff. On... That was the first time I ever saw Star Wars. And then as a kindergarten, you no, know, as like a first grader, I then illustrated my own comic, full length comic book, adapting all three movies with the Muppet Babies as the characters. Whew. I drew that. So that was fun. Uh, 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 oh, and also I'll, I'll side note that some other things, if this sounds fascinating to you, uh, listeners, you can Google and find Donnie and Marie did a Star Wars sketch with Paul Lind as an Imperial officer and like actual, well, I don't know, actual, but like Darth Vader and Chewbacca are in this sketch. So Yes, I do have gifts of Paul Lind and Darth Vader and Chewbacca hanging out. Um, and then also, right? The person as oh, maybe. I was too busy worrying about Paul, Paul Lind. <laughs> um, perfect Imperial officer. And then there's another one. It might be a Bob Hope Christmas special that Mark Hamill is in. 
and uh, they do a they do a long like sci-fi thing with Bob Hope, I I do believe, and Mark Hamill. So, I, I so uh, use those vague descriptions that I gave y'all to find <laughs> them on YouTube. Bob Hope oh, Star Wars. Um, on IMDb, seventy four Corkheads gave this a seven point one out of ten. Higher, lower on the money. On the money. Okay, seven point one. And I'm, I'm guessing a lot of these Corkheads saw it probably after it aired, maybe when it was on Tubi or when it, you know, YouTube or something. Because I'm imagining that, like, people's memories of a mid-season replacement in 1978 are probably not along the line, you know, not so good to be like, oh, you know, this was so much better than the second episode or the third episode. But I will, I bet you that if you were a Star Wars fan and you watched Quark for those eight weeks, seven weeks in 78, it fucking stuck with you for life, I am sure. Because you were like, for a glorious time, I was getting something like Star Wars on television. I, I don't Friday know. Friday nights, I didn't have anything to do anyway. Well, I, I know that I, having read a little bit more about the series, they, they tended to go more with Star Trek kind of stuff because they kind of spent the nickel of Star Wars with this, this episode. And, well, I think and also, that... there's a Star Trek drought at this time, like the movie's coming out. Yeah. Like what in a year? When is that? Seventy nine, seventy nine or eighty? Yeah. So, you know, there's no Star Trek either. So you're like, oh goodness. Yeah. But Star Trek's probably in reruns. I um, think they've done they, two of these episodes of Quark actually mirror the plots of Star Trek episodes. So mm-hmm. it was it was meant to be a Star Trek spinoff. Uh, it's before Buck Rogers. Uh, that's 1979. So this is looking back to what are you going to look at? Star Trek. Uh, the original Buck Rogers Flash Gordon serial. Yeah. Uh, and then Star Wars comes along and strike while that iron is hot. Get it. Quark. The iron's always going to. Uh, who had the must see performance I in this episode? Was, I think it was Andy, the robot. Yeah, same. <laughs> he yeah. laughed, made me laugh consistently. There, there were times where he was acting very immature, but there were also, he actually, I think, had more of the good lines. Oh, yeah. All of the good lines for him. Icon. Yeah. Yes, Andy, work. Um, and <laughs> must other people see this episode? I think if you're a Star Wars fan and want to see the impact on pop culture Star Wars had, you could watch some of this. Some of this. Yeah. If you if you were interested enough to watch the Donnie and Marie Star Wars parody, like Star Wars fans, like look, I'm I'm Star Wars. I I have the 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 Brazilian ripoff of Star Wars tramps in the planet wars where it's the plot of star wars done with uh three or four uh hobos i'm into it that much that i have like weird you find weird stuff like that hardware wars i've seen like several Uh, like you when you're into that kind of stuff you want to see what other people do with it so i think that this yeah if you're a star wars fan check it out you'll be like oh shit this music sounds like yeah William Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this this plot point was just like Star Wars. If you you know if you care enough about Muppet Babies Star Wars, um, Legit. Which, is, oh. which only has like it's only a little bit. I mean, it's not it's the whole episode. Well, no, it's not the whole episode. Yeah, not the whole episode. It's called Gonzo's Video Show. It's from season one. I think it's like season. It's like episode eight of season one. Does it surprise anyone that uh, in like middle school, I was as obsessed with Muppet Babies as I was X-Men? Like I had 
eight VHS tapes filled with Muppet Babies episodes that I made labels for that had a picture of a Muppet Baby on each of them. Um, you know, I yeah, Muppet Babies, if that could ever stream. I will admit to you that I was a Muppet Babies fan as well, uh, to the point of I, I I got my mom and my dad to watch an episode with me. They were showing an episode at night. I think it was the Star Wars episode. And I got them to make popcorn. Hmm. And I, I, I drew little bookmarks with Kermit and Gonzo and Fozzie. And I gave them to my parents. Um, I was very young, but... Uh, oh. It was 1985, 86. Yeah, it started in 84. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good show, guys. I just, uh, I love Muppet Babies. We've, we've done anyway, a lot of fandoms here tonight, Barb. <laughs> they all overlap, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Uh, Ethan, where can people find you and uh, challenge you to watch more Family Affair? Check me out on uh, Ethan K 55 on Instagram. Uh, I am no longer on the bad website, Twitter. <laughs> uh, so pretty much Instagram's where it's at. Yeah. Y'all can find, um, you can find me on Instagram, on Instagram at, at Barbara Hardly. Uh, you can also go to YouTube and find Barb Hardly's channel. You can watch the Christmas special that I made. It is a honest to God Christmas special. 15 minutes long and i don't care if it's january 7th put a lot of work into it you're gonna watch it. <laughs> um and i will and also i mean i'm gonna be doing drag in public at some point in february so i will be letting people know uh i'm very excited to have my first drag show um my first where i'm actually it is a drag show and i'm doing a number i have i did like a stage reading of a buffy episode in october but you know this is different um yeah very excited for this uh new chapter in my life <laughs> your christmas special was wonderful and when you told me that a lot of those bits were improvised i was impressed yeah i didn't write anything i just you know let the camera go and just wrote it as i was talking um and then would you know suss it out which made me think that honestly i could do very well at drag race because a lot of these girls can do that um <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah, so follow me on Instagram at Barb Hardly. If you like following uh, handsome boys, you can follow at Brett White on Instagram. And uh, please leave comments anywhere that you interact with us. Talk to us. We'll read it on the air. Leave reviews, etc., etc. We just want interactions. If you want more live streams, we can make those happen at some point, I'm sure. And uh, thanks to ACAST for hosting all this mess. And you know all that stuff. Um, I mean, is that it? Oh God, we'll I have with... to figure out how to turn it off while I'm wearing a glove. We'll be at. We'll be back uh, with an episode from the '80s. Uh, probably when you get back, you have a business trip uh, yep. on the horizon, so uh, we'll be able to record that once you get back. And we'll uh, ho- We'll holla at you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.